You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of The Long Yak with Anissa and Poroma. Hi, I'm Anissa. In this episode, we discuss what we've been watching lately, including stuff we've finished, dropped, or are totally in the thick of. Also, although we're still mostly Patreon-supported, we just wanted to give you a heads-up that you'll be hearing the occasional ad in future episodes, which we hope will help us in our goal of making this labor of love sustainable for a very long time. As always, we are so grateful to our Patreon patrons who continue to make this podcast possible. Thank you so much for your support. You can find our page at patreon.com slash dramasoverflowers. And now, let's jump into the yak. Hi everyone, this is Anissa. And this is Parma. And welcome to uh, the yak where we talk about dramas we've been watching in November. And it's just me and Parma this time because Saya had some some stuff going on this month, so she's not able to join us. I know usually the yak is all three of us, but um, we will try to fill up her absence, although she cannot be replaced. So let's jump in to the first drama that we're going to talk about today, which is Kairos. That's me. <laughs> that, that's you. I'm not watching it. Yeah. So I kind of... I was like a little um, unsure if I would watch this because it was so. Um, I'm not really the resident thriller lover on here, and no, that's Saya. Yeah, that's Saya, and she and she is. She did start watching. I don't know how much of it she watched, but like, but I do really love Shin Sung Rook, and so that plus the premise of like, I didn't really know what to think about the premise. I remember when we talked about it in What's Up in Drama Land, we were like, "What is going on here?" But when I watched <laughs> the first episode, I realized that it's not actually a time travel drama. It's a um, communication across time, like Signal. But instead of Signal, where they're communicating across time on, like, this old, uh, you know, um, walkie-talkie from the 80s, they somehow, there's some connection between their cell phones. So this all kind of happens right in the beginning, so it's not a spoiler. But basically, he um, he's a father and husband. His daughter gets kidnapped, and the heroine is... Um, living in a different time and she is like a student and her mom is sick and she's like trying to earn money for her mom's surgery and somehow for one minute every day their phones connect Um, and so they can only ever communicate for that one minute every day it's it's in the evening and so like it sets up this really interesting dynamic where like I mean it takes them a while to figure out that they're not in the same time and at first she's just like lost her phone and she's like really annoyed that this dude won't give her phone back and he's like it's my phone (laughs) because somehow you know that number like she loses the phone I guess and then like he ends up getting that number so but there's some like connection from something that happened to them in the past or like with their family so like there's some reason but we don't really quite understand why yet so I've watched up to as of this recording episode six has come out which is because even though it's been out for four weeks last week and this week it was only one episode because of baseball preemptions which is like so hard because every episode is so tense and there's so much suspense and the cliffhangers are honestly killing me (laughs) um but it's really good like i was um talking about this with someone and like it's super predictable in some ways like you kind of know what's going to happen especially when they're doing the setup in the first few episodes but it's so well done that like i don't really care and even if sometimes you know what's coming or you like you're like oh this 
person is definitely very suspicious. He's definitely a bad guy, and like he is, but it's really like the acting is so good. Um, Shin Sang Rock is killing it, like as like a you know like a grieving father, and like he brings the emotion. Um, I like I tend to like him in sillier things, and this is not yeah. silly at all. But he is just so good, and the sound design is amazing. The way they use the score. I think this past episode was the first one where they actually had a song with vocals. Up until now, it's just been like creepy instrumentals and like, it's just it's really emotional. It's very tense. Um, the directing is beautiful. And sometimes like there's this one scene, I think it was in episode four, where like end of episode three, beginning of episode four, where like he goes to a crime scene where something bad happened to her. And like, he is like desperate to not have that happen but like he can't communicate with her because it's not like 1033 when they can communicate with each other so he can't oh, actually call her um but he goes there because he's like what else am i supposed to do and so like they're in the same frame but they have they've done this um in order to show like the past and the present like the present is much colder in terms uh, of colors color grading yeah and the past is a bit warmer and like it's subtle enough that you don't notice it until you actually realize that they're not in the same time and then you notice it. And it's a really good way to kind of differentiate the two times without it being distracting. Um, so it's just really, it's just really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it sounds really gripping. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to have a romance. I don't think they will. Um, I don't really want them to. But I, mm. I love how they're becoming like sort of the only ones that each other can really depend on in their own times and they're like constantly trying to help each other and save each other and it's really really good yeah so highly recommend if you're up for something a little tense and thrilling this actually sounds way more up my alley than such does oh and Young, <laughs> i think you would really like it and Young, like i had bad feelings towards her just because of uh -huh. like the best hit uh really I loved it a lot in the beginning, and then it just like made me so angry. So I haven't watched her in anything since then, but she's really good in this too. So um, yes, it's really good. Yeah, I really like the communication over time and space trope. Uh, like in recent years, one of my favorite uh, TV things, like Netflix things to watch, was Sensate, which was insane in so many ways. <laughs> that drama was insane. <laughs> I started watching because of Beiduna, <laughs> and it just. I, I I loved it and like do you, do you remember that old uh, that lake house thing that ke with Keanu Reeves um, oh did you know that that's based on a Korean movie oh is it, it it's a remake what? of Il Mare the, yeah the premise kind of seemed yeah I, I okay I'm, I'm now gonna look up that Korean movie and I've heard I, I haven't seen that. the Korean movie I've only seen the Keanu Reeves movie because Keanu Reeves even though that was not a great movie but I heard the Korean version <laughs> is like way better so yeah it would make sense but yeah, I mean, it doesn't have Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> but it has Lee Jung Jae. It's pretty great also. Wait, who, who, who's Lee Jung Jae? Uh, he's, he does a lot more movies. Um, I, he hasn't done a drama in a really long time, but he I think his like breakout role was in Sandglass. He played like the the hot young body. Oh, he's hot. <laughs> he is, yeah, he's up. he's very he's very um he's like an A-list actor, so. Yeah, he actually looks familiar, but I haven't watched him in anything yet. Yeah, I can't remember who the female lead was in Il Mare, but wow, it's 20 years old at this point. That's <laughs> wow. But wow, Jun it does not look it's Junji Hyun. Junji Hyun. Okay. Iconic Junji Hyun. So we should watch this. Wow. Yeah. But seriously, it does not look like it was made in the 2000s. It's maybe 2006. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you have specific times <laughs> for when something looks because like it should be made. That's that's the earliest that I've watched a drama from, right? So it, it the visuals that I'm looking at right now looks like something out of a 2006 Korean drama. <laughs> I feel like movies are always slightly ahead of dramas ahead, in yeah. terms of style, sure. yeah, and production value. True. Yeah. So that's that's um Kairos. That's Kairos. Okay. It's it's way more interesting than I uh, thought it would be from the uh, synopsis that we read. I agree because in the beginning I was like why because in the synopsis it was like he tracks down a student to help him. I was like why is he tracking down this random student for his daughter's <laughs> kidnapping? But it makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. K-drama synopsis are just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on to our next drama, something we are both very excited about. Uh, The Spies Who Loved Me, starring um, Eric and you and I. You and I. I, I've forgotten the... Uh, Im Joo-hwan. Im Joo-hwan, yes. yes. Whom I'm really liking as this kind of, uh, you know, ambiguous but most likely negative character. He has too sweet a face to be an out-and-out villain, but somehow it's working really well. It breaks my heart a little that he's only done villain roles for the last few years. Basically, since he came back from the army, he's just played second leads and villains. Mm. But before he went to the army, um, have you seen Tamra the Island? I like not completely, but yes, I have. I remember him from it. Yes. Oh, he was so he like made my He's heart so into like a little ball of pieces <laughs> and ripped it into shreds and put it back together and like oh my god that drama just destroyed me. He was so good in that. But yeah. sorry, back to the premise of the spies who loved me. Do you want to talk about the premise or should I? The, if I start talking about the premise, it's gonna be the next half an hour. So you take. Okay, so basically it's. It's complicated, but it's actually also really simple. So basically, like, you and I and Eric were married. They met five years ago at what at the time of the drama starting. They, like, got married within six months. Um, and then after a year, they got divorced because he was a spy and he didn't tell her. Like, he couldn't tell her. And she was like, "How you're, like, never home. You're always leaving me when I need you. And so, like, like and she was going through a hard a time. travel writer. A travel writer course. who can't, whose <laughs> books don't sell. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, basically, he's the worst husband. Um, and so they get divorced. Um, and then she basically is like, I'm never going to get married again. But then she meets her husband, who, like, the current husband, who I, I guess she must not have been married to him for very long. Um, and he tells her that he's a diplomat, but he's actually also a spy. A it's just been a year. Uh, okay. But he's also a spy, but he's doing, like, industrial espionage, which, like, this was all in the premise, right? But yeah. it's so good. Mm. <laughs> okay, you you talk. <laughs> I was I was not sure what to expect. See, the last time I'd seen Eric in something, it was uh, another Miss O, and his character was this really quiet, intense guy. And um, I just thought that was the kind of actor he was. <laughs> But he's like, he has a scene where he is forced to be like a cowboy stripper at a bachelorette. And okay, not a stripper, it's like a pole dancer. But it's, I, I did not expect Eric to ever do a scene like that. But now, I'm well, like, he's yes, a K, he was a K-pop idol. Like that was, that was, he became an actor after he was, you know, Shinwa is like legendary. So. Dude can dance, but I've never seen him oh, use that in dance. a drama before. Yeah. 
You can tell. No, you need to go also, look up some Shinwa videos after this. Clearly, I'm missing out because and Eric has amazing comic timing. I was not expecting that. I know Yuena has fantastic comic timing, and she lands punchline after punchline perfectly. And not just that, Yuena has this gift. I'm I'm a huge fan. Okay, I anything she does, I'll watch. I got I watched that god awful hotel secret hotel drama that I have kind of almost lobotomized out of my brain at this point. But I watched <laughs> the entire thing just for her. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Everybody has. Nobody wants to remember it. But she is just she does this thing where she goes from. Uh, laughing to crying to angry and you're with her like you're you're on the emotional journey as she's making the switch but with eric i initially i thought this is because i had a certain expectation of the kind of character he would be playing like he's going to be suave he's a spy so he's he's not suave at all like he's suave in that you know like he's really smart and he um his lies are subtle and smooth and he lies by omission a lot in a really clever way but it's not a a, a sort of slick suave demeanor he's almost bumbling in the way he does things but he does it very efficiently it just looks funny and bumbling on the surface which kind of gives you an idea of the dichotomy of this particular character like to you and her he must seem like this really charming sort of you know carefree guy who doesn't want to um take responsibility for life or for his marriage whereas he's actually a really intense and responsible guy who takes measured risks feels the loss of his colleagues in a dangerous mission really hard like she doesn't actually know the guy <laughs> and she's been married to him it's i mean yeah, and the show actually does a pretty decent job of explaining how screwed up the situation is so, so how many episodes have you seen so far i think i've seen about 5 or 6 at this point it's pro- or maybe a little more i i i've watched uh the last episode i watched was 2 weeks back i've seen up to 4 and like a tiny bit of 5 But I think what I was really happy about when I watched episode 1. I was sold like 10 minutes into episode 1 honestly. <laughs> but this is so um I mean like the Korean title is actually The Spy Who Loved Me. But obviously they can't have the title be The Spy Who Loved Me because that's a James Bond American, movie and they, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it really does have that like screwball. It's like a screwball rom-com crossed with like a James Bond movie from like the more silly years you know and like also like some Jackie Chan in there so like the <laughs> yeah. the action is the action is actually pretty good but it also is like funny action you know like he's fighting somebody he uses like bed sheets to to you know like tie up his arms and you know he's using it as a weapon like he uses <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of scenes oh, in like hotels <laughs> which really reminds me of like Bond and also Jackie Chan where like he just kind of Jackie Chan just like picks up things from whatever he's whatever environment he's in and just like uses them as a weapon and because he's so skilled he can I mean it's not obviously on that level but yeah. it has that kind of aesthetic um and it has also this screwball romantic comedy sensibility it's just so good and and the thing with both Eric and Yuna is that they are both like you said very funny and also very like good at portraying emotions so they can yeah. carry the whole range of what this drama requires of them Mm. and you're just like there with them and you feel like the history between that like they I don't know they're both so good um and I knew Eric was funny because um if you haven't uh, it's just a PSA if you haven't watched Inwa broadcast which was the variety show that they did 
I want to say like four or five years ago. Um, it's so fun. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like they're so, and it's just the six of them being idiots, like, and being silly and like doing skits, but they're so funny. So I knew he was really funny, but he also has, both of them have these like really distinctive voices and they're very charismatic and you can like easily identify them. Like they can say one word and you know who it is. And so because both of them bring this like super powered charisma, um, I love Im Juan and he's doing great as this like ambiguously creepy, you can't really trust him. There's something off about him, husband. But there's just yeah. like no contest. Like I don't even care. <laughs> I just want you know. <laughs> um, no, I know, I know. And it's pretty obvious he's evil at this point. I think that's not really a um but he does seem to also love her. He he does, which I found and the the thing is that their relationship is also interesting because before going into the drama, since I knew that she was married to, you know, her second husband at this point, how would that entire thing go? Um, I think we cracked a joke in the uh, <laughs> in the last uh, vid. Do we sing? Um, uh, what's up in drama land? <laughs> I forgot what it stood for. Sorry. Um, about how, you know, how would this relationship even progress? Like if she got back with Eric, <laughs> would it be after her second husband has been popped off for being evil? I mean, how are, you know, uh, arguments going to happen in the rest of the relationship? You killed my second husband. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> reading that back in. Um, it's just that I, I was, I was a bit split because I didn't, want it to be a situation where she is in love with her second husband but realizes that he's evil so she just instantly falls out of love with him and back in love with her ex-husband because I have seen this happening in movies before like especially when you have you know a past love and a new love uh, kind of fighting um, against or on two sides of the law or something like that um yeah, no, they, they're not doing that route at all. It's very clear from the very beginning. Like As soon as you're introduced uh, to Yuna's life post her divorce, where she's married to somebody, uh, this, this new guy for about a year, that it's a relationship she got into with both eyes open in that she knew exactly what she was getting from the relationship, which was that she could trust in this guy. And that's what she wanted above everything else, that she could rely on him. And that's what mm -hmm. she wanted. She finally found somebody who's responsible, who seemed to put her before other things and everything her ex-husband was not so instead of her having fallen madly in love with the second guy it's more that the things that she craved and didn't get in her first marriage she got in the second one and that's why she's so invested in this so yeah so sorry go on <laughs> No, I totally agree. And it's so well done because even though it feels like the tone is very silly and kind of at times it can be so hilarious that you don't really um, think too much about the plot. But and there is an element always with these type of spy plots where like, you know, there's like a lot of coincidence and all of that. But yeah. The character stuff is so well written because you really like the show really explores how, you know, like you said about why she married her current husband and that that sort of foundation of their relationship is obviously going to be shaken when she finds out who he really is and what he's been doing. And that's going to be like a foundational crack that she probably won't be able to recover from and that they can't yeah. recover from. And then it also does a really good job of sort of exploring the pain of the relationship that, you know, like the scars left by her relationship with Eric. We're not even using the character names, but like whatever. <laughs> I don't remember the character names. I just I yeah, me neither. <laughs> I haven't like spent long enough with the show yet. Yeah, but they're so like they don't 
it's not like a slight kind of they're just kind of brushing off like oh well he lied to her and she and he was never there so no they have mm-hmm. like they show you the you know Nez conversations yeah yeah and like certain and i mean this is a little bit of a spoiler but like should i talk about it it Go happens ahead. in episode four <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like when she finds out like now that you know they're working on this case that has brought them back together into each other's lives after four years and she finds out that like all this time he was actually a spy and he was like a police officer and all the things that she thought were just him being irresponsible and failing at you know providing for her and failing as like a trustworthy partner was actually him you know devoting his life to a higher cause even if you know she should have been there were things that he should have been doing in their relationship that he wasn't and she's yeah. like you made me into the bad person yeah I like love how, that. you know like oh how could God. you make me into the bad person like after everything you did to me and I was like oh I feel it you know like yeah. so the conflict is so like meaty and and like you know in- complicated and intense yeah. and then and then there's also the thing of like she's like but you still cheated on me yeah. and I'm sure there's something else to that but also like it looks so damning at, it, from it what we've seen damning, so far but so. given that what we have learned about Eric's character till now yeah there is definitely uh, an explanation for that but it's just that none of it invalidates how he made she her feels, feel throughout yeah. their marriage Exactly. And it doesn't really matter that he didn't actually cheat on her, which he probably didn't, mm. because he, he never think- cleared up that mis- misunderstanding and he let her believe that. So, exactly. like, even if she finds out later, like, that hurt is not going to go away. Agreed. So. I completely agree. That, that it, the relationship, the way it had started, like, sort of, he should never have married her if he could not tell her about his real identity. The foundation was completely wrong. Of course, it was not going to work out. So... Yeah, completely. I I loved the I I loved that entire thing. Um, I have a question because this kind of nagged at me. This is about the side character. He's part of uh Eric's group. Um, this this. Oh, we're talking like about his like t- manager or whatever. Yeah, like like the team manager guy. I forget the actor's name, but he uh he he was wearing uh, like I think he's supposed to be a Korean Muslim character. Is he like I'm just talking about from the garments and the uh, cap that he constantly wears. I don't know because he wears like a namaz topi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he wear like he's wearing like a prayer like a kufi on his head. Um, yeah. And he has, it's not just like one time. He's always wearing always. it. Always, yeah. Unless he's in disguise, that's what he's wearing. Yeah. And then he wears these like traditional Korean looking um, shirts, mm-hmm. which are like, you know, um, not a like a. Type like a things. Yeah. So, but the, he eats pork. So oh, yeah, I don't I really. That, like, there's right. one time where they order like some dishes with pork in them, and he orders one for him as well, like the guy, the younger guy. So, right. so apparently he eats pork, and you never see him like say anything about it so i'm like and then like exactly. they show that i was really confused yeah they show that scene from the past where like you know with the the thing that went really wrong around the time they got divorced yeah. um, and he's dressed normally or like not normally but like in a more traditionally western way yeah so i was unsure if like they're it's just like an aesthetic choice i don't know if this is something that's going to come up later but for now i'm just like uh yeah let's just barely watch i guess yeah I'm... let's just wait and see not that um, this kind of diversity is like often found in Korean dramas and when it is, it's like huge news. But, but to do it uh, in such a vague way is kind of, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's okay, but it, it just I would like some clarity on what, it, what this is. Same. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see what, what happens with that, if anything. 
Yeah. So moving on from that. So one of the things that I really wasn't expecting but really liked was how Yuna Yuna's character doesn't know much about Eric, but it turns out that Eric didn't know quite a bit about Yuna's character, or at least some stuff about Yuna's character either. For instance, like she started taking um shooting classes and that was apparently something he wasn't expecting at all. But I mean it's something that happened after they broke up, right? Yeah, so how would but, he know that? No, no. What what I mean by that is that like there are layers to her characters that um he didn't know. Um mm-hmm. and the thing that drove that in for me was like after the murder happened and they are like there is this you know the the spy team is trying to figure out what happened and Yuna and her <laughs> co-worker is kind of following some of the same trails but from their own side and trying to figure things out and not in a silly way but like in a really smart way they're using what knowledge they do have trying to fill the gaps that uh they have like you know in, in their entire <laughs> At one story. point Eric's sorry his name is uh Jun Ji-hoon and um Yuna's character's name is Aram, but like at one point Jihan's boss is like, She's a better spy than you are. Like maybe we should bring her into the investigation to help. And he's like mm. <laughs> That boss really like he he harasses him a lot. I feel yeah, bad for him. I I quite I can't quite understand that of uh, his cat like he's, he's supposed to be like a good boss. He seems like a really trauma inducing type of boss, but yeah. But overall, I'm really liking this. Um, <laughs> the fight scenes are hilarious. Eric and Yuna's almost like 90% of their interaction is hilarious. I'm just, yeah, I'm really invested in this drama. And I can't wait to talk about uh, this on our live on Saturday. So, um, guys, just I'm, I'm going to plug this in here. Um, follow us on our Instagram. Uh, the handle is at dramasoverflowers underscore. Because uh, on Sundays, 11 uh, a.m., Eastern Standard Time. We, not every Sunday, but every other Sunday, we, uh, Anissa and I, or sometimes, you know, we have guests, we do Instagram lives and we discuss one, just one drama. We do like a spoilery, uh, short discussion of a drama. And we love it when our listeners join us in with comments. So, you know, if you can, absolutely do that and follow us on our Instagram. Yes. And you can watch it later. If you can't catch it live, you can always watch it later too. Absolutely. So come the check video those would out. just be out there, up there. All right. So now uh, you have been watching The Tale of the Nine-Tailed, right? Speaking of Instagram lives, you did one of these on it with our friend um, Remy, right? So how, how much yeah. of it have you watched now? I'm almost caught. I just haven't watched the last couple of episodes. Uh, so let's say about a week and a half. Um, but cause it just the last couple of weeks have been rushed <laughs> work-wise. But... Oh my god. Um I'm um, yes, the main couple they are great. Um how Edong Hook is great and yeah, I take back what I said about uh Boa. So Choboa? Choboa. I think you mean your, un- un- your unreasonable dislike of Choboa? My, my unreasonable dislike has been resolved. She is a really smart, really, really interesting character in this drama. But, okay, and this is there is no contest in this. Kim Bum wins hands down as the character everybody's watching this drama for. <laughs> I mean, look, he's the he's the sweet sweet faced um uh what what uh, antihero who you really want him redeemed and uh. you just want him to realize that you know the hatred he has in his heart is just like bad for his health and he should just like you know accept that he's just not meant for vengeful 
actions and just you know he this just ready. reminds me of Zuko because <laughs> <laughs> I have Avatar exactly, on my mind. This is exactly that that archetype. This is the Loki archetype. Okay, you you want him to stay a bit um south of the line of goodness, but you also want him to not be outright evil. <laughs> and that's that's what that's the line he's treading right now um he's he's kind of like getting reeled back in he uh hates his young a little less now even though i think his hate was completely justified okay i mean edong wook just decided that he has to like go sacrifice his life because his girlfriend died ooh and just abandoned his mountain and abandoned his younger brother and all the foxes got killed because he decided he just had to run off to save the life of his love i'm just look kimbam lost his puppy okay i understand this rage i would be angry Aww. for the next 600 years too <laughs> so this seems biased has... but okay <laughs> no it's completely legitimate anger look i mean the fact of the matter is as 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 great and enjoyable as edong wook's character is i honestly don't like okay i mean i suppose you can make a case that kim bum was angry at edong wook's character like his young for abandoning him that did, doesn't justify him just going for like a killing spree and mass murdering women and children in the village you think yeah but those humans like came and burnt his forest and killed like his like all the animals in the forest how was that justified <laughs> I don't think this argument like, is going to go in a good way with me. <laughs> no, no, this is getting a little bit problematic. <laughs> But uh, yeah, my sympathy is all with Kimbam is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, I'm just I'm really liking it. Um and ooh, um I know that I the last couple of episodes that they aired I think they are do, like they're going to miss a week uh, of so I have time to catch up this week. Um and they, there is this particular scene I was kind of expecting this scene to come pretty soon where um I think Kim Bum has his wish of seeing his older brother sort of you know die basically kind of comes true and he's utterly devastated because he's actually kind of you know he really loves his older brother it's just a little messed up because he also hates him uh, <laughs> but listen as always Instagram <laughs> you spoil everything <laughs> when I'm trying when I haven't caught up on a drama you just spoil the scenes for me so but I couldn't help myself I watched this I watched the scene on Instagram because that's what you do uh, and yeah his reaction was exactly as uh, awesomely heartbreaking as I thought it would be so yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to catching up on those episodes oh also sorry I'm sorry but this uh, there is going to be a special episode after the finale where it's basically just about Kim Bum and his sidekick there is this uh, fox damn I've forgotten her name uh, she's super super sweet um, hold on let me see if I can fine you know like his sidekick the fox that he rescues oh kiyuri <laughs> so uh, the character's name is uh, so it's the actress is uh, kim yongji and the character is yuri and so 
Irang and Yuri are going to apparently have this spin-off. Like, I think it's either a spin-off series or a special that's just about their adventures. <laughs> and their adventures is oh, basically yeah, like all that. vigilante uh, activities, which I, I completely approve of. Um, they want my heart completely when they basically, you know, threatened and punished these baseball players for abusing a puppy. I Yeah. I, I could I could see an entire season of that. Yeah, that sounds pretty compelling. <laughs> it's probably going to be more than that, but uh, it's yeah. I, and the, these two are hilarious together, so it, they, they're super sweet. So yeah, that's that's a spinoff I would definitely love. To. Nice. So that's all for the dramas that we're talking about this in this yak. But I wanted to give a shout out to this variety show I've been watching lately, which was like it totally got me through election week, which was. Um, a decade honestly it was it was so stressful it felt like it would never end i mean if you if you live in the us you can probably uh sympathize with me we were just like we just didn't find out the results for such a long time and this has been like a very emotional election for a lot of us so it's it was just very very stressful and this the sense of relief that we had on saturday was very uh it was it was more than i was expecting honestly um but yeah, yeah so that that has been going on and i mean there's still a lot of things going on but you know like let's not go there right now since we're in our happy place but yeah. i've been watching love naggers which is I've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, yeah. So they, and like the first couple seasons were kind of not really available with English subtitles, but um, On Demand Korea has been subbing Love Naggers 3. Um, I'm not sure if On Demand Korea is available globally or if it's only available in the US, but it's just such a, so I think the reason that I started watching it is because I really liked um, basically all of the hosts. And it's rare that I find a, a variety show where usually I'll watch it because I really like one of the MCs, but the other ones are kind of like, I'm like, whatever, meh. But <laughs> this has um, So Jang-un, who is like a former um, like top, top basketball player. Um, but now he's become like a TV variety personality, like after retiring from basketball. Um, and then there's um, like a psychology professor or like a she has like a doctorate in psychology. And then there's a um, a model, Han Hyejin, who is just I love her. She's very like she's very honest. She's very, you know, she tells it like it is. Um, and then there's Joe who is I think he's an actor, but he's like younger. He's in his maybe in his early 30s. Um, and then Kim Sook, who's a female comedian who um she's just very she's just awesome she's just like takes no prisoners and she's very she's just very much herself um and they all are basically um people send in their stories about their you know their relationship problems um and they basically give them advice which is why it's called like love naggers they're basically like nagging people um <laughs> so usually they'll have like a really short concern in the beginning where people will ask about like a really simple problem sometimes it's really cute it's like you know middle schoolers who are like does this boy actually like me <laughs> he's carrying my bag <laughs> during recess like should i tell him i like it whatever um Aww. And then this, the second one will be one where, like, somebody has sent in a concern and it's, they basically act out what's, like, so this, there's a story, but then two of them will play the main characters in the relationship. So they'll, um, like, act out the text messages that they've either taken the exact text messages from the person who shared them and just, like, 
like whited out the names or they'll like recreate the text messages with like fake names. Um, and so it's really interesting because it gives you like this really like micro look at the dynamic between these two people. And then like you kind of follow what's been happening since the beginning or they'll say like in the beginning it was fine. And then this started happening and this happened and that happened. They'll share like photos. And if it's a photo with people in it, they'll like recreate it with an illustration so to kind of cover their their personal details. But it's like some crazy stuff that happens. Like, you know, like sometimes it'll be like, because the guy was lying the whole time and he had like another girlfriend on the side or like it's or like people are just doing things that are really unacceptable in a relationship and they're like why are you getting mad and like gaslighting the partner so the partner's like am i crazy to be mad it's kind of like the am i the the a-hole uh reddit in some ways um so then they give their opinion on that and then the third section is like a mini drama where somebody has sent in their story they've developed a script out of it and then they have these actors who kind of play recurring roles they're like very uh, like not very well-known actors like i've never seen them in anything else but they are always kind of playing different characters in these stories so like you'll have like a good i think i want to say like 20 minutes where they show them falling in love so you have all that like sweet k-drama stuff in the beginning where they're falling in love and happy and they're cute and there's like the meet cute and the confession and the and then like slowly things start happening and it starts going like off the rails and things get really bad and then at the end they're like so what should i do should i stay with this person can i solve this should i leave them and then they give their you know um their final advice and like i think the reason i love it so much is a like the advice that they give is always very good advice and it's also extremely entertaining because they're all very funny people Mm. um the, the mcs just have really great chemistry between themselves and there's also something like really stress relieving about I don't know what exactly it is, but like they're just like like these trash partners getting told off on TV. <laughs> um, and there's also like sometimes they'll have these they call them epilogues, but they'll like be people who had their story on like shown on the episode. And then like a few weeks later, they'll actually send in an update about what happened. Oh, so nice. sometimes these people will like call in and they'll, they kind of like um, disguise the voice of the caller. Mm. But they'll say, like, it was this was me. This was my story. Like, most of the time, it's by the time they send the problem in, it's so serious that it's not really salvageable. But once in a while, it'll be something that actually it was just something that they needed to work through. And they're, you know, they're able to, you know, sort of move on and work on the relationship. But it's always really interesting to hear, like, what's happened since then. Sometimes, like, after the episode airs, like, the other person... Um, like one of them had like lent a bunch of money to her boyfriend and he never gave the money back. And like after the episode aired, his mother like sent her all the money. That he <laughs> so like it's it's very interesting because it's like it kind of crosses that um, line between real life and drama. Yeah. Where the, it's like dramatized, but it's a real story. And even though you don't have all the details, yeah, it's just like it's very, very interesting because I also feel like I'm learning about like, I mean, I kind of all know, already know that like a lot of people are terrible and you can't trust anyone. <laughs> but it's also just like I feel like it's a good antidote to like all the romantic fantasy stuff that you get in K-drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. So I, I find it very, very entertaining. Um, if you like that kind of stuff, I think it kind of scratches the itch of like variety reality dating shows without feeling quite so exploitative and kind of fake, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I just wanted to put that out there if anyone's interested in watching that. It's a good, it's a good, like, uh, it's a good watch for when you're like sick or stressed or you like, you don't have the emotional energy to invest an entire show for 16 episodes. You can watch this like 20 minute little drama and be like, okay, I'm good. I got like a whole story. <laughs>
Yeah. So it actually sounds it it sounds like something that it it sounds like a stress buster. <laughs> it really is. It's a really good stress buster. I watched it also um during one period and during grad school when I was just like so so stressed out um that I couldn't watch dramas. So yeah. Agree. Like with dramas, you would have to watch like at least ten episodes of a drama to get anything of an arc. <laughs> This right. it's it's kind of why like when I'm really stressed and I I kind of default to watching Friends because each episode has an arc. Of course, now it's become harder, especially in the last year. I seem like something has gone off in my head, and every other episode of Friends has something so problematic that I'm like, why? I can I can never rewatch this again. <laughs> It's just why. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Um, yeah, that's it for this yak. And um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow, and you can find us individually. I'm at Anisa Khalifa underscore. I'm at Festa Foster, and you can find Saya at Not Now Saya. And you can find us on Instagram at Dramas Overflowers underscore. Yeah, and you can find us on Facebook. Just yeah, search for Dramas Over Flowers, and you can find our blog at dramasoverflowers dot net. Yes, <laughs> and stay safe, and you know, wear your mask and be healthy. Take care and watch dramas, which will make you happy and keep you sane. Yes, <laughs> exactly. We're all we're heading into a tough winter, so the dramas yeah. will the dramas will will help us with that. that Bye true. guys. Bye guys. Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts.